G'day, Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and welcome to episode 37 of the WP Elevation podcast. This is a very special episode. Uh, this is actually the recording of WP Think Tank number two. Uh, for those that don't know, WP Think Tank was an idea we had here after interviewing uh, several people on the podcast. What I realized is that as soon as I stopped recording, the conversation would continue, and there was a real passion and hunger for more of a long-form debate and conversation around WordPress, its evolution, its growth, and the future of WordPress and where it's heading. So I invited some friends to join me on a panel discussion about the future of WordPress. It was a live Google Hangout. We ran the first one in February this year, which featured Matt Mullenweg, the co-founder of WordPress, along with uh, some pretty heavy hitters in the WordPress space, Tom Wilmot from Human Made, Miriam Schwab from Illuminaia, um, uh, Shane Pellman from Modern Tribe. It was a great panel. Uh, WP Think Tank 1 was in February. We just ran WP Think Tank number 2, and the panel included, uh, hosted by myself, included Matt Medeiros from The Matt Report, Alex King from Crowd Favourite, Lisa Sabin-Wilson, of course, the author of WordPress for Dummies, Brian Clark from Copyblogger, Tom Wilmot from Human Made, Miriam Schwab from Illuminaia, and Corey Miller, founder of iThemes. So this episode of the WP Elevation podcast is actually a recording replay of the WP Think Tank conversation. It's epic. It's two hours long. Make yourself a cup of tea. It's video and audio. It's a fantastic conversation around the future of WordPress, the challenges and the opportunities uh, that we are all faced with. There are no prizes in this episode. There are no giveaways. There's no one single featured guest um, it is just a replay of the WP Think Tank number two. However, this episode is brought to you by Optin Monster, uh, which you can learn all about at wpelevation.com slash optinmonster. It's a great lead capture plugin that allows you to set up lead capture solutions on your clients' websites. And at that address, wpelevation.com slash optinmonster, you'll see a video walkthrough of how to use the plugin and also some email files and proposal templates that you can just download and start using straight away to start selling lead capture solutions to your uh, clients. No affiliate links. We're not getting paid to recommend this. We just recommend it because we know it works and we hope it adds value to your business. So... Without further ado, let's go and meet this amazing panel of thinkers in the WordPress space and learn what is in store for WordPress at an enterprise level and at a small business level and at a new user level. So without further ado, here is WP Think Tank number two. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Welcome to WP Think Tank number two. My name is Troy Dean. I am from WP Elevation and I'm the host of WP Think Tank. And I'm very, very proud to have with me a uh, fantastic panel this time around, including from my left to right, uh, Alex King, CTO of Crowd Favorite, Brian Clark, CEO of Copyblogger, Corey Miller, CEO and founder of iThemes, Lisa Sabin-Wilson, a partner now at Web Dev Studios and, of course, author of WordPress for Dummies, Matt Medeiros from The Matt Report, and Tom Wilmot from Human Made. And joining us very soon will be Miriam Schwab from Illuminaia. Uh, I do believe this is now streaming live at wpthinktank.com. 
where there is a talk widget, a chat widget that you can join in the conversation. We currently have 185 people in that live chat widget. Um, and if anyone can just give me an affirmative that this is actually streaming, that would be fabulous, just so we make sure we're not sitting here talking to ourselves. Yes, it is beautiful, lovely. Okay, so let's go from left to right, let's introduce our esteemed panel, and then let's talk about all things WordPress, the future of WordPress, the challenges that we have, the opportunities ahead, and how we feel like we might navigate the, uh, the waters in front of us. So let's start with Alex King. Alex, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, where you're from, and what you do in your spare time? Uh, sure. I'm a web designer and developer. I started working with WordPress back when it was B2 and uh, was able to get a little bit of my code into the first version of WordPress. Um, I've been doing uh, professional services and product work around WordPress uh, uh, as crowd favorite since 2007. And uh, we just merged with Velo Media, giving us a, a team with multiple offices around the world and uh, great business development as well as technical team. Fantastic. Brian Clark from Copyblogger. For those of who, everyone who's been living under a rock for the last 10 years, do you want to tell them who you are and what you're about? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, founder and CEO of Copyblogger Media. Most of our lines of business are WordPress related. Um, we do studio press for design, we do synthesis for hosting, WordPress specific hosting. Uh, we now have an, a new uh, WordPress based platform called Rainmaker, which is kind of an all-in-one hosted solution. So very, very WordPress centric. Cool. Corey Miller, uh, you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from and what you do? You bet. So uh, I'm from Oklahoma City. That's where our uh, office is based. Uh, started iThemes in 2008. We do plugins, themes, and training. Um, the most popular plugin we've done is uh, Backup Buddy. Then we have uh, an e-commerce plugin called Exchange and the iThemes Security. Um, I started with WordPress back in 2006 on a blog, and I'm not a developer. And uh, if I call myself a designer, I think Lisa would probably laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> half mediocre at best uh, designer way back then doing some freelance work. So. Oh, and what do I do now? Uh, I'm chasing a 16-month-old uh, baby boy around as he is getting into everything. <laughs> well, I hope you've got him well and truly restrained for the next little while while we're on the think tank. Lisa Sabian-Wilson, of course, uh, author of WordPress for Dummies. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from and what you do? Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, Lisa Saban Wilson. I, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm a partner of Web Dev Studios, where we build custom solutions for clients. Also a partner of AppPressor, which uh, is a plug-in uh, dev tool toolkit that allows people to create mobile apps in iOS and Android with WordPress. And also author of WordPress for Dummies and a couple of other WordPress books. Um, for Wiley Publishing as well. And uh, Corey's son looks just like him, so if he grows up to be just like Corey, he's in trouble. <laughs> Matt Medeiros from the Matt Report. You want to tell us a little bit about where you're from, who you are, and what you're up to? Yeah, sure. Uh, Matt Medeiros, I started a WordPress agency, uh, co-founded the WordPress agency with my father about five years ago. Uh, run a little podcast called The Matt Report, uh, interview other WordPress entrepreneurs like everybody on this panel. Uh, and uh, we do oh. work. 
we do WordPress professional services, uh, themes, and plugins. So we just lost you in the middle there, Matt. You started a podcast and then... Uh, started a podcast and we do WordPress professional services uh, and themes and plugins. Fabulous. Uh, Tom Wilmot from Human Made, who is currently in Morocco and not able to get his hands on any alcohol. Tom, you want to tell us what's going on? I'm not much internet, but we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah, so um, I guess uh, I kind of started in WordPress back in like 2006 just as a developer. Um, that kind of led to me founding Human Made with my brother Joe um, in 2010. Um, and since then, we've been kind of uh, splitting our time doing professional services, so building building WordPress power things for you know for money, um, and also um, we built Happy Tables with Noel, um, who he's now partner in Human Made as well, um, and also WP Remote, um, which you know so both of those things are, are kind of taking up more and more of our attention, more of our time, um, and on the side of that, we're also still doing client work. Fabulous. Okay, for those that don't know, I'm Troy Dean. I'm from co-founder of Video User Manuals and WP Elevation. I'm also a, a bit of a developer hack. Uh, that's where I started off. Uh, now I do, we do a little bit of client services work, but my focus is on WP Elevation training WordPress consultants in the business side of things, and Video User Manuals, the video plugin to help developers teach their clients how to use WordPress. Okay, so why are we here? What is WP Think Tank all about? Um, it was a, an idea that came out of a a series of conversations that I was having with uh, these guys and some others on the WP Elevation podcast and usually what would happen is we'd get to the end of the interview and the conversation would just keep rolling and I thought there's a real hunger for long-form conversation about WordPress, the future of WordPress, where we're going, what our opportunities are and what the challenges are. So I thought I'd invite a group of friends together to come on a panel discussion and talk about this so that we can all brainstorm and hopefully the collective intelligence of us is greater than the sum of the parts. Uh, so that's why we're here. The format is pretty loose. We're just going to talk about. Uh, everyone's uh, emailed me some ideas about um, what they think the opportunities and the challenges are, and we do also have some reader and viewer questions, some audience questions. So we're just going to throw this out to an open conversation. Uh, we're going to start with um, Tom's just bounced out. I think he might be rebooting. So we're going to start with Lisa. Now, Lisa, you have indicated that one of the challenges with WordPress is uh, education around the WordPress platform and it, you've identified these two communities of kind of newbie users who are trying to wrangle WordPress and then enterprise um, users who are uh, and how you use WordPress to scale up to the enterprise solutions. I want to come back and talk about the newbie users because that's going to be a common theme I think throughout the day. So let's maybe start at enterprise. You've identified that one of the challenges is getting WordPress to work with a whole bunch of other integrations to provide true enterprise solutions. You want to talk a little bit about some of the frustrations and challenges that you guys face in your daily work at Web Dev Studios doing this kind of stuff for enterprise clients? Sure, I'd be happy to. At Web Dev, we work with, um, <clears throat> as Troy mentioned, enterprise level clients, um, corporate level, and the challenges that we kind of struggle with on a day to day basis, and I know a lot of people on this panel do as well. Um, is getting WordPress to scale. And the example that I gave to Troy in my email to him was using an example of like WordPress e-commerce. Um, so if you're a small business and you have maybe 100 products that you're selling online, WordPress WooCommerce is a really good solution. But when you're working with a large-scale uh, corporation who has products that they want to sell online, but their products number in the thousands or tens of thousands, and those products change on a nightly, sometimes multiple daily basis. Um, 
the WooCommerce option, you know, going in and creating the custom post type product and setting your prices and then going back in and editing it, um, when you're looking at thousands and tens and thousands of projects that change all of the time, um, the challenge becomes the best solution for that client and does it become WordPress plus e-commerce. So it, you know, when you're selling WordPress, it becomes more of a question of does WordPress do e-commerce, but does it do e-commerce and then does it scale to the level that enterprise clients need? Is it secure? And are they really going to be able to easily manage um, those products and those uh, e-commerce sales that come in? So that's kind of the challenge that we work with clients. That's just one example. And is this is this particular challenge, I want to talk to Corey in a moment about uh, e-commerce, is this particular challenge in the sales process or is it in the in the discovery process where you start dealing with a where you start discovering a project with a client and you get halfway through that process and think, okay, maybe we've bitten off more than we can chew or maybe we're going to have to use a whole bunch of other third-party things and integrations to make WordPress do this? Well, I think when it's definitely during the discovery process. This absolutely is not something you'd want to find out, um, you know, once the active project is underway. That would be unfortunate. Um, so it's definitely something that you discuss during the discovery process. So, you know, when the enterprise client and you're, you're having that sort of discovery research um, about what the project is all about, and they start talking about these products that they have and how many they have and the processes that they're using right now to update those products and, you know, publish them on a daily basis. Uh, you know, it's working with them and planning and really finding the best solution from the get-go because if you start uh, implementing a solution that really isn't going to work for them, once you're midway through implementing, it takes a lot of undoing and a lot of work to kind of go back and do it over again um, with a process that works best for them. Corey, do you want to... Uh... You've obviously got a bit of experience with WordPress and e-commerce with Exchange from iThemes, which is a, a, the open source e-commerce platform for uh, WordPress. And you obviously would have been hearing a lot of feedback and support tickets and feedback and input from customers using Exchange. You want to talk a little bit about what Lisa's saying and, and some of the challenge of getting WordPress e-commerce to work at that kind of level? Yeah, i, I, I got to tell you, I defer to the experts like Lisa at uh, WebDev and Alex at CrowdFavorite uh, who work with enterprise level. I, I have never been a part of that and have, you know, exchanges about a year into our uh, release of that, so I don't think I have a specific story from our experience to share with that, so I kind of defer to them. But, you know, I know talking to Jonathan from Shop Plugin that he had a very, very large uh, – site in particular he was talking about one time that was running, you know, well over a million dollars a year in sales. Now, you know, WebDev and CrowdFavorite do things at multiple of that. Uh, but so, you know, I've heard stories and of course Woo is WooCommerce is uh, the most popular one and, and I know they've got some pretty big stats on that, but I can't really talk specific to ours just yet. Cause we're we're at the pretty much the beginning stages of getting uh, our particular platform off the ground. And was was Exchange originally designed for the small to medium business? Did you think, well, we're not going to worry too much about enterprise integrations at this stage. We're just going to go after the small to medium business market. Yeah. So right now we position that as, um, you know, not everybody needs shipping options and advanced tax options and everything, and and to sell everything under the sun. So our premise has been just like WordPress. When I started in WordPress back in 2006, I loved it because it was simple and easy to use. 
when I installed and used Joomla back in that day, uh, it was like a helicopter dashboard. There's 500,000 options. And so with Exchange, we tried to take the same approach. You should only need features, uh, or you should only see features when you need them. So by default, we've turned off a, a ton of stuff so that when, you know, you shouldn't necessarily need uh, to see memberships, uh, you know, like as a product, if you're only doing invoicing or a digital product. Same thing with VAT taxes. If you live in the United States, you don't need to see all that stuff. Uh, so we kind of came in as we want to help the person just getting started with selling their uh, products or services online. We want to be the five-minute get your site set up and start selling solution. Alex King, you want to talk a little bit about uh, what Lisa's uh, suggesting here, the challenge that WordPress e-commerce at an enterprise level and, and how we – this is part of a larger conversation I think that we're going to have throughout the day based on the feedback you've given us, which is – does WordPress deliver what it promises? You know, is WordPress over-promising and is the perception that it can do anything but then you get to a point where, well, actually it just can't? I, I think that um, there's some interesting uh, forces being exerted on either side of WordPress right now. I think that uh, one of the overall concerns is that WordPress is too complicated for users just coming into it that there's too much going on, that it's not simple enough. And at the same time, at the other end of the spectrum, we've got people who want it, uh, need more sophisticated solutions and need it to do more and uh, handle the types of situations that Lisa was uh, describing. So I think that the project itself is uh, at, at a bit of an awkward state. It's being attacked. Uh, or it, people that would be using WordPress are turning to um, simpler solutions like Medium and things like that for simple um, blog posting, saying that WordPress is too complicated now. And uh, it's still kind of working its way into some of the sophistication um, necessary for enterprise, especially in uh, third-party add-ons that have uh, Typically, been um, designed for kind of the small and medium-sized business market. Do you, when you're um, talking to enterprise clients about WordPress and e-commerce solutions, do you do you ever get nervous in that kind of sales process and think maybe this is something that WordPress is not going to be able to handle? Um, it's it's less likely for us to run away from WordPress specifically, um, but we might look at integrating with another platform for e-commerce, something like Magento or something like that that's uh, more specifically targeted towards e-commerce if the primary portion of the site is an e-commerce site. Tom Wilmot, you want to uh, chime in here hey. and tell us a little bit about your experience? Yeah, sure. Um, so I mean, I think at the enterprise level, e-commerce is certainly something we see less of than, you know, I guess kind of other types of sites that WordPress is, is being used to build. Um, I think up until fairly recently, kind of echoing Alex's point, enterprise kind of level sites, we were using the WordPress core software, but not really using any add-ons or plugins. I think, you know, the, the, the plugin directory, the theme directory, um, mostly not aimed at the enterprise market and often the the, the requirements they have and, you know, the, the, the um, kind of quality bar that they want to set means that you kind of, we, or we would find ourselves 
building things from scratch a lot. So we would build, you know, maybe they would have something e-commerce-y, but instead of going with one of the e-commerce plugins, we would build them something bespoke. Um, that's certainly changed, I'd say, within the last year. And um, we've done a kind of a couple of pretty big e-commerce-y um, sites for kind of enterprise clients, and we've used, you know, things like Easy Digital Downloads, um, which I think strikes the kind of the right balance um, in between kind of being very uh, modular and, and easy to tweak and change, which um, is something that we found is really important on those kinds of complex sites. Um, and I think it's something, there, something that, say, Magento uh, does fairly well. Um, so yeah, you know, I think it's not, it's not something we have a huge deep level of experience in. It's not something enterprise clients are asking for hugely. I think there is definitely, you know, we're going to see more and more and more of it as, as uh, WooCommerce is like used for so many small to medium sized sites at the moment and that's starting to filter up into the enterprise uh, mindset or maybe we could use uh, WordPress for our e-commerce site now. Um, yeah. Brian Clark, you obviously know a little bit about <coughs> WordPress and how it's being used all around the world. You uh, <coughs> have a large user base that are using WordPress and using your products there for out of copy blogger. What's your what's your kind of take on this? Is is there a need for an enterprise e-commerce solution, or are we trying to shove a square peg into a round hole by using WordPress and things like WooCommerce and other third-party integrations to try and get uh, enterprise clients using the solution? Well, our primary focus is on the small to medium-sized business market. However, with hosting, we do have enterprise um, customers, quite a few actually. The interesting thing about the enterprise market when you pair it with open source is the strange aspect, and I'd love to hear what, what some of the other panelists think about this, but uh, the more expensive it is, the more confidence they have in it. So naturally, <laughs> starting from open source, you're at a disadvantage. It's purely psychological in, in many cases. Now, can WordPress adapt to any functional e-commerce need? I think with enough modification, absolutely. Um, so I think you have to you have to go after a specific goal, start with a core that we all truly believe in, um, as opposed to Build, you know, taking seventy million dollars and building your proprietary CMS, and then adding the parts that you need. To me, WordPress should be able to do the job, but I think you need to look at someone like Red Hat in the Linux space. How do you sell open source to the enterprise? You make it very expensive. It's kind of crazy. Interesting, Lisa. Do you, do you think that there is a market for? I mean, is enterprise e-commerce solutions are they so bespoke that there is no possible possible way that there could be, you know, an enterprise core solution for e-commerce? Is it something that we just need to build and heavily customize for each individual project? I really think so, because at the enterprise level, these these builds are so custom. Um, you know, sometimes it depends on the client as well. Sometimes they have an entire staff of people that is just focused on managing and maintaining the products on the back end. Other times, um, one example that I have, and, and actually the example I was thinking of when I wrote the email back to you, is a client who has their products stored in a third-party database, and we're writing a, you know, kind of a communication between WordPress and their system that they use to update and manage their plugins. Um, so at least what I'm finding, and other mileage may vary, but what I'm finding is it really comes down to the project planning and discovery, and usually what I've seen it turn out to be is a different custom solution for every single client that we have. I can't think of 
uh, combination of WordPress plus this plugin plus this third-party service is going to be the end-all, be-all answer for every single enterprise client. Mm. So then WordPress, you know, Matt Mullenweg's been talking a lot about WordPress being an application building framework. Is, you know, I wonder if there's more scope for some of these enterprise customizations to become reusable blocks that, that we can keep reusing. That's what I'm trying to get my head around at the moment is, is every project so custom that that's just not possible or can we start developing some reusable blocks that we can add on to WordPress core for some of these enterprise e-commerce solutions? Are you asking me, Trey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't see it, that being built into WordPress core, no. Um, I think that it, really I, I go back to my experience being that it becomes a very customized solution um, for clients and definitely starting with the core of WordPress and moving from there. Um, I can't see I can't see something like that being baked into core or built into core for any reason. Um, yeah, I think it's it's more of a custom solution on a per client basis when you're at the enterprise level. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the obvious question is, so one of the things that you talk about is that WordPress, um, one of the things that you, sp you spoke about in your email is that for enterprise, the opportunity exists around the final product with integrations, cutting admin overheads in half and streamlining processes. Are we backing ourselves into a corner? I mean, this is, you know, I'm going to, this might be a bit controversial, but are we backing ourselves into a corner by trying to use WordPress for these projects or should we just be you know, abandoning the WordPress mothership when it comes to these kind of projects and using something else that is better suited for enterprise e-commerce? Um, I think using, I don't think we're backing ourselves into a corner using WordPress. I think WordPress is a very solid solution at the core um, and providing the custom solutions that meet the client's needs um, kind of built on top of that. Um, I think it's a stable solution for these clients. Um, you know, I don't think we're backing ourselves into a corner that way, no. I think um, Alex has a lot of experience, I think, in the enterprise software space. Am Alex I right? King? King? Sorry, it's on mute. I'm trying to get it off. Um, yeah, before, uh, when I first started contributing um, to WordPress, I was actually working for an enterprise um, CRM company, and I spent five years in that space. And, um, Enterprise software tools, you know, Oracle, SAP, all of these, none of them really work out of the box. Right? They're basically a toolkit that professional services are sold on top of. And there's a huge customization uh, project that's done to make the tool work for a specific business. Whereas WordPress has a philosophy of this is a tool that works out of the box and then you can mold it to various different things. <clears throat> and the amount of flexibility that you need to build into the system, right? Things from supporting different schemas to having, um, you know, huge reporting tables and all this stuff is really far beyond what WordPress attempts to do. Uh, that said, when, when we see large clients coming to us um, with a WordPress requirement, a lot of times they've made WordPress as a technology choice because of the community, because of the lack of lock-in, because maybe they've had a bad experience with a proprietary vendor. And so uh, they sometimes have philosophical reasons for wanting to use an open platform. 
And then it, the challenge is up to us. How do we reconcile um, the requirements that they have with um, the philosophy they want to approach for building their business on? Matt Medeiros, you want to uh, chime in here? Yeah, I mean, as far as the clients that we work with, we're we're certainly not in the corporate or enterprise level. Uh, we do get, what we do get close to on that are local colleges and universities. Um, but I was on a call uh, a few months back with uh, a Fortune 50 company, and we were pitching them WordPress for this particular. It was just an internal site, and the the uh, VP that we were talking to of technology, he didn't even want to bring, he was afraid to even mention WordPress at the meeting for fear of his job. Uh, he, was, he, he didn't want to bring it up. He said, no, there's no way I can bring this up because our competitors don't use it. And if I bring it to my board and they say, why aren't we using what they're using? They're going to look at him and say, well, you know, why are you even entertaining this blogging platform? Um, in terms of universities and colleges, the only we don't get any kickback, uh, or we don't get any anybody saying you know give us something other than WordPress. But the, everyone is always open to an alternative, and we just say no. We can build what you need with this, uh, especially universities and multi-site is super uh, useful for them. Um, but a lot of them just come to us saying, hey, look. Uh, We've heard about Drupal too. What do you guys think? And we'll just say no. Uh, but uh, you know, in that space, that's the only that's the only um, you know feedback uh, that I've heard, uh, at least from the universities and colleges. Um, but at the enterprise, yeah, I mean, times need to change. <laughs> Miriam, how, thank you for joining us again. How's your microphone? Are you uh, are you working there now? I think so. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. We've got Miriam. Everyone, meet Miriam. Yay! <laughs> All right, technical difficulty. incredibly tired. It's 12. I'm quite tired. I know it is. Thank you. Thank you very much for staying up and joining us. So what kind of, um, you know, this is kind of segueing into a larger, a broader question about how WordPress is perceived by corporate clients or enterprise level clients. What kind of pushback do you get from clients who might hear about WordPress and say, well, you know, it's open source, it's free software. Brian was saying that the more expensive these solutions are, the more enterprise clients seem to like them or seem to want them. Uh, what kind of feedback do you get from clients about this? So most of our clients are located in Israel and um, interestingly, I don't know why this is exactly, but it also might have to do with the way that we've positioned ourselves and the clients that approach us. They actually, when we work with enterprise level clients, they're actually looking to use WordPress specifically. and. Yes, they want open source, but out of the open source options which they've looked into, they want WordPress. I was just talking to a potential client a few days ago, and they gave me the rundown, which I usually give them. They go, well, we want open source because we don't want vendor lock-in. And then we know that Drupal is a good option, but the prices there are way too high. And so we understand that WordPress can do what we need, what we need um, well and at a lower price point than Drupal. And so can you give us a proposal? So um, they're not looking for other solutions and also um, I've mentioned in the past, I think even on our last talk, that uh, we get a lot of people who have been um, wounded by the proprietary systems and they are not interested in being locked into anyone anymore. They want out of that model and they want open source. So it's actually growing quite tremendously here, the demand, um, even on the enterprise level. So. Um, I guess we're lucky in that way. 
Interesting. I was at a, uh, <clears throat> a, a, I presented a workshop yesterday to about 82 small businesses in the, well, actually mainly non-profits in the disability sector here in Melbourne. And, we, and I, at the end of the conversation, it was, well, you know, what tools do we use to implement this kind of online strategy? And one of the first tools I mentioned was WordPress. And there were a few, there was, there was some audible, you know, remarks in the room like, oh, you know, WordPress isn't secure and WordPress is, they were kind of poo-pooing WordPress as a, as a kindergarten solution and that it, that it couldn't really handle their kind of um, their kind of requirements. How how one of the things that we've I've had on the email feedback as well is how do we better position WordPress as a solution to clients with decent budgets and who are in the corporate or even the medium enterprise space? How do we better position WordPress as a real viable solution and avoid this perception that it's just a blogging platform and it's just you know not meant for real business? Anyone? Um. I actually, I, if it's okay, um, yeah. I, I think that um, that the way to do it is it's, it's not going to be a magical thing. It's a process, and that it's like it's like when you're running a business, and so you build when you build a website. The point of the website is also to make revenue on that website, but also so that the next client can see that and hopefully be impressed by your work. So all of us who are running uh, WordPress uh, agencies um, or consultancies, we have to try to get that first big client, and then the second big client, we can say, "Hey, look at that first site that we did." And then, you know, between all of us, and we, we can use the WordPress showcase and and show examples. And the more examples that we have, the more we can reduce that pain point of of those companies and and get them more on board. I think. Something that I've noticed, um, maybe within the last year or two, in the corporate enterprise space, is that. Initially, it was, you know, WordPress is just a blogging platform. Tell me why you think, you know, WordPress can manage our .com or show me other examples. A lot of these um, corporate .coms want to see examples of other corporate .coms using WordPress as their primary platform. But probably within the last year, the all of the enterprise work that we have done at WebDev um, has been solicited. It's been the client coming to us already had made a decision that WordPress was their platform of choice, either because they wanted to go open source or they want the low overhead, or um, as it was either Alex or Miriam mentioned, that they had already been burned once by proprietary systems, um, and they wanted something that was vendorless, I guess, um, for lack of a better phrase. But it seems like there is a movement in the enterprise that WordPress is becoming um, something that clients are requesting at this point. So we're not doing a whole lot of um, selling WordPress on clients at WebDev at all. We're doing more, um, they're coming to us wanting WordPress and then working with them to create the solutions that they need. Tom, in your email you said, um, I want to throw to you here because you, in your email you said that the big opportunity ahead of WordPress in the, in the immediate future is the larger agency enterprise space. WordPress is really behind the curve in terms of penetration into the larger enterprise government projects. Uh, big publishing has been leading the way, but I think we're on the cusp of an explosion in the amount of really large companies choosing WordPress as their CMS. Yeah, so I mean, certainly most of the work we've been doing, and I think most of the work a lot of the bigger agencies have been doing, has been in the publishing space, so a lot of the big newspapers, those kinds of... Um, I think we might have lost you there, Tom. 
I come back to Tom, who's in Morocco with a bad internet connection and no beer. Um, <laughs> that just sounds that just sounds horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Alex, you're in the consulting agency space. Do you want to comment on what Tom's talking about there? Yeah, I mean, I guess I thought about this quite a bit last year um, when we were starting to talk with. Uh, really big customers that had um, layers of people that they wanted us to integrate with and um, be able to work well with. Uh, we found that, you know, while we could execute technically, we didn't have the um, matching business side to match up with uh, the folks that they wanted to work with. They're used to having a sales team that could fly out and give pitches. They're used to having an account manager that would work with various stakeholders uh, kind of behind the scenes. They're used to having project managers working directly with each other and, uh, and then tech leads and all these different levels. And, uh, you know, like most of the shops in the WordPress space, we had come up um, kind of as a maker-led organization where our strengths were our ability to execute um, rather than the business relationships we had, our sales team or anything like that. And I had an opportunity to uh, spend some time uh, at a conference called Honor Camp with a bunch of shops that were a lot more mature than we are. Um, these were companies that have been around 20, 30 years and uh, ranged anywhere from you know a dozen people to 80 some odd people. Um, and so I got to talk with people about what these inflection points were like, what it was like to grow a business, what it was like to be working with these larger uh, companies. And my takeaway from this was that we could get there on our own, but it would be really painful and we'd be um, kind of doing what we had done uh, to get to the point where we are now, which is make a lot of mistakes along the way. And uh, so it really opened my eyes up to the uh, the need for us to be able to meet these companies where they are, to have a, a mature business development team as well as a mature technical team that could work with them the way they're used to working with other vendors. Uh, you know, if it, it doesn't make sense for them to be uh, evaluating five different potential vendors and you know, always giving one a break for, oh, they're the WordPress vendor, you know, they don't know how to work with us in this way. We'll just kind of, you know, give them a free pass on this. That's not going to work, right? Well, we need to be able to compete um, just like any other enterprise software company can. And is that just an education process, do you think? I mean, there's lots of, something we're going to talk about later, there's lots of education online about, <clears throat> you know, around WordPress for kind of newbie users or people coming into the WordPress space or even WordPress developers, but I don't, I don't know, and I could be wrong, but is there much education around how WordPress can suit these enterprise-level projects, enterprise-level clients? I don't think it's a WordPress problem. I think it's just a business problem. Um, you know, if you've got um, people with MBAs and things like that, like this is the type of um, stuff that they go to school for, right, to learn the business of the business. Um, it's uh, it's just a different focus than uh, I think most WordPress shops have traditionally had. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining us again. 
Uh, I'm just going to come back to you in a moment. Tom, you were halfway through a um, moment of genius when we lost you to the Moroccan internet connection. Uh, you want to just uh, finish that thought? Well, unfortunately, I've completely forgotten what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so you finally found some beer in Morocco then, did you? Uh, so you were talking yeah, about yeah. Working, with, working with publishing houses and, and, and working with clients who are in the, essentially in the publishing business and that you think that we're on the cusp of an explosion where... And I think what you're saying is that because businesses are starting to realise that content marketing is not a fad and that publishing information and, pub and becoming a publishing house is actually the way, you know, Brian Clark's been talking about, the, you know, the new, what, what is the new rainmaker, it's all about media. I love the fact that Brian's no longer talking about content, that he's rebranded, renamed it media, because frankly content's a very dry, boring, sterile word. So there are more and more businesses turning to media. In fact, ANZ, one of the biggest banks here in Australia, have just launched Blue Note, which is a news portal. They're not reporting on finance news. They're not reporting on the share market. They're reporting on the news. They're a mainstream news portal now reporting on the news, and it's all funded by one of the big banks here in Australia. So, And this is, Tom, I think why you were saying that a lot of these larger organisations are now going to be looking to WordPress as a CMS because they know that WordPress is great at publishing media, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the publishing industry has been the obvious choice for WordPress because it, it fits so well into the default WordPress experience that, you know, most news sites are almost blogs. Um, but all enterprises have content, even if that content isn't necessarily in a blog format or even necessarily um, available on the web um, in kind of an article format, right? Like um, the Bank of New York, you know, have a lot of content. And if they're, so they need a CMS to manage that content. Whether that content is being delivered, you know, via an intranet, whether it's being delivered um, across various websites, they need a CMS to, to manage all of that content. Um, and I think that, so I think that those kinds of um, big enterprise, kind of cross-enterprise CMS decisions, WordPress isn't really being looked at yet, um, or maybe is just starting to be looked at. Um, uh, but I, and I think that the, the what's helping that, I think that big people like big publishers being on WordPress is helping that. And I think um, this kind of WordPress as an application framework, one of the ways I'm seeing that manifest itself in the enterprise is that companies are now able to think of WordPress not as the um, whole WordPress admin plus a theme, you know, at a domain that's a website, but they can think, well, we love the WordPress admin experience for our editorial team or, or our content editors, um, but we don't necessarily want to, you know, to have, it, to have it directly tied to a website. So maybe we'd like to plug WordPress into our existing, um, you know, complex multi-application um, CMS workflow, and we'll just use the WordPress um, admin, you know, so that our, our content people can have that beautiful experience. It's a big upgrade. Um, and then we're maybe using some APIs to push that content out to wherever it's actually needed. Maybe it's in some apps, maybe it's in on the website, maybe it's in an intranet, right? Um, so we're certainly seeing like the most exciting enterprise projects we're involved in. WordPress is just one part of lots and lots of things that you know they're using to um, fulfill their kind of digital needs. A couple of couple of things here. Well, Jeff Rowe from WP Tavern, we know and love him from WP Tavern. He said here, and I want to, this ties in exactly with what you're talking about, Tom. Uh, is the future of WordPress? What if the future of WordPress is that it's just a collection of API calls? Themes are API calls, plugins are API calls, API everything. Sure. I mean, I think that um, we, you know, we're we're not far away from that already. Really, um, you know, it's, it's fairly easy to decide not to use the WordPress theming. Uh, 
front end, you know, we build plenty of projects where we're not using themes at all. It's easy to not use the WordPress admin if you don't want to. Uh, you know, we built Happy Tables that doesn't use the WordPress admin. Um, so you can already fairly easily um, switch those things out. I do think that the classic publishing CMS kind of app is obviously the most important um, app built on top of the WordPress API or whatever you want to call it. And I, so I think that that's obviously going to continue shipping with Core, and Core should continue to um, kind of look to improve that. You know, uh, that's the, the going to be the largest use case. Um, and but I think we can absolutely continue to polish that um, kind of default app, if you like, that ships with WordPress, the the, the publishing CMS, whilst also um, continue to continuing to improve the, the kind of underlying APIs um, and, and, and making it much easier to kind of pick the things you want from WordPress. Um. Okay, and, and just maybe to just sort of start wrapping this thread up on uh, on the enterprise thing, because there are other things that we want to talk about here, but Ricky Lee, who's on our uh, chat widget, has said, uh, can you talk us to us a little bit about, and which ties in perfectly with you, Tom, because you are a WordPress VIP partner, you know, it, is there an opportunity for the WordPress VIP program to be doing more in this space to educate enterprise clients about what is and isn't possible and what is, you know, what the benefits that WordPress can bring? Yeah, you know, and I don't think that that's just a job for WordPress VIP at all. In fact, I think they are one of the few people who are doing that, that kind of outreach work at the moment. Um, I think something that I know I want us to be doing as kind of um, an agency trying to be at that level, I think that we need to do a lot more outreach. Um, you know, I think like Miriam, a lot of the projects that we get are companies that come to us, already want WordPress, come and ask us to, you know, do their WordPress development for them. Um, whereas I think there's this huge, huge um, amount of, of projects out there, amount of work out there, where WordPress isn't necessarily on the table, and we should be there, flying the flag, you know, asking the hard questions, why isn't WordPress at this table? What does WordPress need to do to get at this table? Um, you know, fight those misconceptions. I actually think WordPress VIP do a pretty good job at the moment um, of doing that. Um, you know, they spend a lot of time flying around the world, getting into those conversations, and, and asking why WordPress, if it isn't being considered, you know, why, why that is. So. Corey, I'm keen to talk to a product company here. Um, you know, the, the, what I see WordPress, if, if Matt's right in that WordPress becomes an application development framework, and you look at something like Happy Tables, which is a great example of uh, a, an application that's been built on WordPress core, and WordPress has become this series of building blocks that you can build things on, and this is probably a you know, great question for you and Brian. How do you as product companies then, and we've seen Brian do it with New Rainmaker as well, but how do you then as product companies say, okay, well, here's a growth market of developers application developers who are going to be using WordPress as core, what can we do? What other building blocks can we make to leverage the growth in this market and give these application developers, help them streamline their development process to, you know, to add other blocks onto WordPress core to build out these applications? Yeah, I, I think that's an awesome way for WordPress to go is to be able to complete the, the spectrum and to be able to uh, play on the enterprise level, uh, you know, my only input about enterprise is that I'd love for WordPress to kick Drupal's ass because you hear about Drupal quite a bit in enterprise, but then you have companies, serious companies like, you know, the crowd favorites, web devs, the world, um, doing some awesome stuff. I don't even know if they can talk about it publicly, but some of the brands that I've talked to them personally about, 
you know, my jaw drops and think, you know, to think that WordPress can go to that level. To your question specifically, um, I think the power of WordPress has always been that, you know, my mom has, I think, two WordPress sites right now. It's ease of use. And so as far as the market goes, I, I don't know about the enterprise level. I think we're talking about maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, but maybe 1% of the market is enterprise. And they're really big, and they pay a lot of money to these awesome people here, which is awesome. But uh, by and large, I think the products that are sustainable for our particular uh, customer base are more like the small businesses, the bloggers, the freelance developers doing cool websites on WordPress that you know don't get the traffic that you know New York Times does or you know some other enterprise level type work. That, did that answer your question, or did I just talk in circles? <laughs> no, I think so. I mean, I, I think maybe I'll throw to Brian, who's who's um, who has built the new Rainmaker platform on WordPress as an application framework. I guess he's built an application on top of WordPress. It kind of we know it's WordPress, but you log in, it doesn't really look like WordPress. But also, you know, Brian, if you can maybe continue that thread, of what opportunities do you see there of building, of developing other building blocks that developers can use to stack on top of WordPress? Yeah, um, this all kind of ties back to several excellent points that Alex and Tom made. Um, but really what we're, we're talking about here is, is positioning to the rest of the world. Um, we hear about the, the philosophical reasons for using WordPress as opposed to HubSpot. You know, I started on WordPress uh, in 2005, started Copyblogger in January of 2006 on WordPress. When we grew... You know, some might say, well, you should go to something like HubSpot. And I was like, no way. Number one, WordPress can do everything I want uh, with our custom enhancements. And two, I'm an open source guy. I mean, I, I think that your core, no one's going to be as smart as the developers at the core. No, no amount of money, I think. Excuse me. And plus, obviously, the lock-in uh, fears that you have. Um, so... But at the same time, you have to know who you're talking to. So the low-hanging fruit are the people that have the philosophical desire uh, to avoid lock-in and to go with something like WordPress. But the, the market is heading in, in somewhere of another direction. The people who don't care necessarily philosophically, but what they want is something that's demonstrated to be solid and uh, and be reasonably priced, and I think open source uh, allows you to do that compared to building from scratch a proprietary system. So it was it was good news to me to hear uh, Matt Matt Mullenweg, you know, uh, come out with uh, with the way he's thinking about WordPress because we were thinking the same thing <laughs> for quite a while now. Um, and of course, no one wants to go sideways with Mr. Mullenweg. So um, I think th I think it's a smart move on his point uh, standpoint. Um, I think it was actually quite brilliant because something that occurred to me that that didn't for a long time is that the success of WordPress.com has actually made people think that WordPress is this very simple blogging thing instead of the way it actually started and evolved, which is very, very powerful. So it's almost like it's up um, you know, to services like VIP and the rest of us in the market say, no, 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 we use it, and the New York Times uses it. You know, If a corporate client says, 
show me some examples, just say, well, do you get as much traffic as the New York Times? No? Okay, we can handle you, you know? Uh, it's another way to position it. It's not about open source versus proprietary. It's you're doing content marketing, then you need to think like a publisher and therefore look who, what the publishers use. That's WordPress. Um, so our thinking with Rainmaker is, obviously, we built our business serving the do-it-yourselfers. I mean, WordPress historically has been more like uh, a PC in the sense that you build it yourself, you tinker, you're under the hood, you swap things out, uh, but you're also responsible for maintaining it um, and the things that come and go with that. I think where we're going, there's a whole blue ocean of people out there who don't want to worry about updating plugins that actually scares them to death. Um, I, going back to the 90s, building websites, you know, with just HTML or, you know, some kind of a, a design program, when I found WordPress, I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Put my wife in front of WordPress today, and she's like, what? See, so, and, and my wife is a very smart person, but, you know, this is not how the normal person thinks. Um, I remember when we got into the, the WordPress market in 2008, and there were a, a lot of people who couldn't understand how we were selling so much because we seemed to not be catering to the WordPress community, but the WordPress community weren't our, our customers. It was business people. They didn't self-identify that way. So going back to the enterprise uh, conversation, the low-hanging fruit will continue to come to you for philosophical reasons or otherwise. But to go beyond that, you have to start a completely different conversation. And that means that you have to start focusing on what does that MBA want? And that was my point with the pricing thing. Sometimes an MBA makes a decision based on, well, that's expensive. It's got to be good. It, it's crazy, but it happens all the time. Um, and I think that's why you see the proprietary CMSs getting a lot of business that you think is a bad choice. And empirically, it may be a bad choice, but that's not how decisions are made. So I think we need to change the way we uh, frame uh, the, a, a platform that is built on core, which I think Matt is advocating that we do. And I think we need to change the way we talk about it uh, as far as, you know, classic just positioning uh, it's not necessarily about open source versus proprietary. It's about this is actually the best solution for you based on real world. And again, point at the publishers because if a corporate, if a brand is going to be doing content and thinking like a media company as they should, which is gaining a lot of mainstream acceptance, thankfully, then they need the platform that that publishers actually use. And I think that's what WordPress has going for it. But I'll just say this, neither the New York Times or Copyblogger uses WordPress out of the box. You know, we don't just install it with Fantastico and go, woohoo, you know. Everyone's using some form of custom version of WordPress, right? And so our goal with Rainmaker is to make that, at least the solution we use, affordable to everyone without kind of the pain of building it yourself. I'm going to throw this banner in the works. I think one of the big, I was at a, a web a web developers meetup recently, not a WordPress meetup, a web developers meetup. And let me tell you, the two things uh, shall never meet. I was at a, a meetup called Port 80 and I was talking, and most of the guys there were Drupal guys, and I was talking to them about, you know, um, the, 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 
the topic of pricing plugins came up. I said, you know, we have a plugin that we sell for $24 a month and it does this and this and this. And they just looked at me and kind of chuckled and laughed. And I think one of the big problems that we have is that a lot of the plugins and the themes that do a mate, like you look at Gravity Forms, for example, that does unbelievable stuff out of the box for like less than 50 bucks for a single site license and has such market penetration and has, I don't know how many users, but lots, yeah, and th these products are priced at a point to appeal to the small business owner or the developer who wants to use inexpensive, relatively inexpensive blocks to build solutions for clients, add value and then resell that as a finished product, that when the enterprise solution look at the WordPress ecosystem, they see all of these, what they consider cheap products being sold in a, a plug-in marketplace and I think that, what Brian was saying earlier, that you know, I just wonder if all of our plugins and all of our themes were twice the price, whether that would affect our perception in enterprise and whether or not it would actually affect any of our consumer sales. I don't know. Corey? Yeah, I, and I think the enterprise, and I'm the least qualified on the panel to talk about enterprise, but I think that's a wholly different customer segment than the bulk of WordPress that we cater to and some of the other commercial products. Uh, people that you mentioned. Um, so like we price that accordingly because uh, WordPress is free and so you're tar starting from a different uh, starting point there, you know, from from the typical user we we sell to, you know, either a blogger or do it yourself freelancer. They're coming from WordPress is free and all these other cool things are free. And so they're pretty price conscious. When you go to the enterprise, my my understanding is you know that's a that's a bigger company and someone making a decision that doesn't actually come out of their own pocketbook, and so when you go to pricing, I think that's just to your own customer segment. So we, we don't have the experience with enterprise, so I can't tell you. If I could sell five thousand dollar plugins uh, every day, I would do that. Less customers, more money. I would do that every single day. But in the last six years that we've been in business, that just hasn't been the case within the bulk of WordPress, and I think. You know, we're talking about enterprise quite a bit, but again, that's a very slim, you know, market compared to the overall uh, market in WordPress. Bloggers, do-it-yourself, or small business owners that are much more, you know, the quantity is there versus these big enterprise, you know, things. I like to talk about enterprise, you know, people on WordPress because I like to brag about WordPress and what it can do. Um, but you know, by and large, you're talking about people like small business owners who just you know they're pretty press. Uh, they're they're pretty uh, worried about price, I guess I should say. Alrighty. Um, so let's talk about one of the big frustrations. I know we all have because uh, we've all had these conversations in the past, and you've all been emailing me, and it's also what a lot of people are saying on the chat widget and in the audience questions that we polled them. WordPress promises a lot, and it delivers a lot. But let's be honest, as Corey uh, said, or I think it was Brian, Brian said, put his savvy wife in front of WordPress and she says, you know, what do I do with this? Where do I start? Let's be honest, the onboarding process of the WordPress admin dashboard isn't great if you've never used it. Uh, Tom and, and the guys at Human Made felt so strongly about this, they completely redesigned the WordPress dashboard when they built Happy Tables. Brian has done a similar thing with Rainmaker making the user experience uh, much better and, and much much easier for the audience who is not so savvy 
and WordPress has got such massive market penetration that let's be honest, most people using WordPress are not developers, they are users. What, you know, how, how, I guess the question is, how do we, how do we overcome this challenge when we, we know that WordPress is relatively easy to use compared to the other solutions on the market, but there is still an onboarding process involved? I mean, hell, Sean Hesketh and I have built a business out of this. Uh, so how do, we, how do we overcome this challenge and how do we make it more seamless for users to use WordPress for what they want to use it for in the future? And I'm just going to throw this open to the panel. Has anyone got any ideas on where this is going to go over the next 12 months? Is the dashboard going to be stripped back and made bare? Is it, is it, are we going to have customized dashboards based on what you use WordPress for? Where is this going to evolve? I think it's a good opportunity. Uh, you know, WordPress is never going to be able to, as a, a single uh, product, serve all markets. Right? The, the opportunity is to create verticalized versions of WordPress that serve specific markets and do a better job in those specific markets than WordPress out of the box does. And that's what um, Brian's doing. That's what uh, Tom and his team did. Um, it, I, I think that um, one of the things that I'd really like to see is uh, more support for customization within the admin. Um, <clears throat> it's something that, that I've been pushing for with the, uh, the core team and uh, the illustrious Mr. Mullenweg for a little while. Um, and there's there's been some pushback there, and some of it I think is pretty legitimate. You know, one of them, the things I hear is, well, it's really valuable for people to be able to Google for how do I do this in WordPress and have all of the screenshots look like what they're looking at. Um, but I think that the the benefits of verticalized versions probably outweigh the the drawbacks in the long run. I don't think it's. <laughs> I don't think it's the uh, I don't think it's the core devs responsibility and I don't think that uh, really jibes with Matt's announced philosophy um, I like that WordPress has all that functionality um, but I don't think necessarily everyone needs to see that but how do you make those decisions well at the core you don't um, I think that's the responsibility of those of us um, in the vendor space. So our company is basically divided into three parts, editorial, support, and development. And it's editorial, even though we've been working with WordPress hands-on publishing longer than probably anyone, we're the ones who hated the interface because when it gets down to it and you're trying to remember how to do something that you don't do but maybe once a year, you know, and you can't find it, that is a serious productivity killer, right? So we started thinking in terms of for the content people, for the task, um, and we've thought in terms of vertical too, but we've kind of come to the conclusion that vertically you need, you need vertical education. Um, but if you're doing content marketing, pretty much your tasks are very similar regardless of what industry you're in. So we started thinking that way from an interface standpoint, what are the tasks, what do you do, and how should it be arranged? And that's still a work in progress, obviously, but um, I think we, we had a good educated guess at, at how it works for the type of people we're trying to reach. 
This is something that's been going on for a long time, right? I mean, you, you know, I was trying to explain new Rainmaker to someone the other day, Brian, and they said, oh, what, so he's built Kajabi in WordPress. And for those of you that don't know, Kajabi is an online marketing platform. And I said, well, you know what? Sure, if that's how you want to think about it, essentially what he's done is they've built WordPress in a way that you can get in and get what you need to get done and not be distracted by anything you don't need to look at. So whatever you're doing, that's what you can see and that's what you can access when you need to do it. But let's have a think about some of the other solutions that have been around to try and solve this exact problem. So you look at all of the drag and drop page builders. In, as far as I'm concerned, they're trying to solve the same problem. Let's get into WordPress, get done what we need to get done in a really easy fashion. Um, there, was a, there was a comment here from someone, you know, is it time that we get all of the drag and drop page builders together to actually solve this problem? The Virtual Composer by WP Baker is, you know, one of the big, largest selling plugins on Code Canyon. Love it or hate it, like it or not, there's a need for it because people get into WordPress and go, I want more control over how I build my page. I want to add testimonials where I want to add them and I don't want to use short codes. If you use any other Web 2.0 product to build stuff, you don't need to use stupid things like short codes to insert a testimonials widget. So why are we still doing that in the visual editor of WordPress? So Brian solved this problem by doing something like New Rainmaker. Thomas solved this problem clearly by doing something like Happy Tables. You know, I kind of think, I think it's, and um, as I said, we've built a, a business out of teaching people how to use the WordPress in interface. I, you know, I'm quite glad it's a bit complicated because <laughs> my, my business is doing pretty well on that. But this is a problem worth solving, yeah? Am I the only one that's kind of thinking along these lines? Well, it's interesting, that the comment that you got, because I would imagine it was dripping with a little elitist, dismissive tone to it, right? And yes. you get that. Um, there are, again, there are a lot of just badass people within the WordPress community who are hardcore, open source, very sophisticated, and all apologies cannot see beyond their own little world. And if I have any skill, I'm able to see what problems are and where things may be going. And that's what we did in 2008 when we you know, did the first or one of the early um, design frameworks, and then that's what we've continued to do with Genesis. And you've got to make things easier because the people that are here are not the people that you're going towards. And for anything to grow, whether it be an open source CMS or regardless, um, that's how you think about how are you more inclusive. And I think there's a lot of people who are quite happy with the way WordPress is right now because as far as they're concerned, it's perfect. But mm. that's not the problem we're trying to solve and that's okay because like like you said, it's good for business. Yeah. Matt Medeiros, you're nodding your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously I, I agree with Brian uh, and I love what he did because and this goes back to how we ended the first half of the of the show. I was talking about, you know, maybe maybe because there's a $30 plug-in here or a $50 plug theme there. Maybe the, the overall concept of, of WordPress is this sort of cheap and inexpensive thing that you can just boot up uh, and, <clears throat> and, the, and the higher folks are looking down on it saying oh, that's way too cheap for us. Um, and I think we're going in the direction of finally sort of turning that around and prices going up because if you were to look at uh, Copyblogger, iThemes, if you were to buy the host of everything you needed to run your site from start to finish, not just theme and plugin but security, backup, marketing, um, you know, pu uh, publishing to uh, third-party sites, 
I mean, you're you're running the bill probably of a few thousand dollars worth of themes. Um, your video uh, t uh, tutorials plugin. A small business owner now is investing a whole heck of a lot more if they were to build buy everything, right? Um, and that's sort of what Brian was getting at before. There are people who say, you know, I'm not gonna, you're not going to buy any plugins. It's going to be open source. You do everything for free. Uh, and I think it's a smart move uh, to consolidate all of that onto a single platform. Um, to have the people who are out there saying, look, <clears throat> I don't have time for this. Like, I don't want to subscribe to 15 plugin and theme renewal services a year for my site. I just want one. Um, and if you look at the success of HubSpot, they're local to me, and I kind of run in butt heads with them a lot uh, in local businesses. I mean, there were, I, Brian, you probably know, it's probably like 600 bucks a month minimum for their platform. Um, and, and these, you know, small businesses are getting sold on it because of the simplicity of having everything on that platform. Um, I'm all, in, in my own, in my own opinion, where I do like uh, WordPress as this sort of plug and play, uh, you know, JSON API, all these different things. I'm also sort of afraid that we go beyond what got us here in the first place. And that's publishing media or publishing content now publishing media. Uh, I would hate to lose the essence of WordPress because to me WordPress is something then something beyond the software. It's it's the people, it's the community, it's the developers, it's the it's the vision of it all and how it's all kind of grown to this point. And I hate to to to, to kind of uh, all of a sudden say, well, we're an application platform now. Um, you know that that's just my own two cents that I wanted to add about with that other discussion. Well, it's interesting because that Matt's vision was to democratize publishing on the web until recently when he's included to democratize publishing and development on the web. So the vision is growing. Um, two things I want to quickly say and then just throw open to the panel. When If I'm consulting with small businesses and they don't have any resources in-house, they don't have any staff in-house that can manage their online marketing but they get it and they've got a little bit of a budget, I will actually refer them to HubSpot because I say to them this is a very simple solution. You do not need to employ technical people to wrangle this and all the education and support you're going to get from HubSpot is amazing. Yes, it is more, a more expensive solution. The other option is to employ someone locally, maybe two days a week, who's a little bit savvy and get them to pull a solution together using WordPress. The other thing I want to mention is if you look at Theme Forest and look at the number one selling theme at Theme Forest, uh, a Vader or whatever it's called, you know, why does that thing sell so much? Because it has a control panel, as Corey said before, it's like a helicopter dashboard with so many knobs and dials and options and things that you can plug in and switch on. And I don't think we can deny the fact that people using this platform are buying that because that's what they want. Because when you get WordPress out of the box and look at it, it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, I'm not, I don't think there is one platform that we can build that is going to solve this problem because I think the nature of competition, the nature of business means there are always going to be people competing in this space. But it feels to me like, I'd like to see the WordPress dashboard get really, really minimal and you'd be able to just add things by, you know, ticking boxes. But out of the box, it's just very, very basic and very minimal. And then you can add pages and you can add custom post types and you can add comments and you can switch these things on. But out of the box, just keep it really, really vanilla, really simple. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this open to an, an open conversation. Can I just yeah, Troy, uh, respond that's... to what you said? Oh. Sorry, Corey. I'll, I'll just come back to you in a minute. Corey, Miriam? Um, in terms of like, the question here seems to be is uh, WordPress simple enough for users but also does it have enough features to give uh, your standard user enough uh, control over their site. 
So first of all, in terms of the simplicity, I think one of the things that confuses users the most in the dashboard is the way the, the features are listed in the sidebar there, like posts and pages and all that. And like they all have the, like if I was really going to get into, you know, let's say the usability of it and make changes there, they all have the same weight even though certain things are used on a regular basis and certain things are rarely used. For example, posts and pages are used very often. And then you've got plugins there at the same level and settings, which hopefully the user shouldn't be changing um, almost ever. Um, and then I find the appearance section there very confusing because you've got appearance on the top level. And then under appearance, you've got themes, which again, the user should hopefully not be touching very often. But you've got widgets, which they will be using, and the menus, which they're really going to be using. So um, I would want to see maybe some kind of grouping there, you know, um, of like functionalities that you use more often and less often, and also that sub-menu, let's say, of appearance is strange. Um, and then in terms of the Aveda um, theme, so I see it like buying your dishwasher. If any of you own a dishwasher, you probably bought it and it's like, oh, it has 50 cycles and it can do so many things and, and a glasses cycle and I don't even know what. But then when you bring it home, you install it, you use one cycle all the time um, because you don't really need all those fancy cycles. So the same with Aveda, it's selling because it looks fancy, but I, I suspect that when users get into it, they're going to use it for the same thing that anyone else uses the site for and they're not re they don't really want so much control. Like if someone doesn't have a design sense, they really want control over the color of everything. That's just too overwhelming. Um, so um, I just think that uh, that by simplifying the dashboard and also trying, I mean, I personally wish that this premium theme development community would actually move in a, a direction of more simplicity. Drag and drop is useful, and I see that developing in a good direction. But um, the over, over, uh, um, provision of, of control and features is, is not helpful to anyone and then um, I always say that too many features means too little that can be done like yes you can you know your logo can flash and, and fly around the page but if you really want your testimonials widget to be over here and that's really important to you well then your developer has to wade through 50 billion pages of code to find where that is and change it so um, I think uh, the, the attitude should be more simplicity on the back end more simplicity on the themes and then, like you're saying, then like people can really build on top of that in a not a less painful way. Mm. Corey, you want to uh, you want to pick up? Yeah, I think the danger with WordPress, and I'm not on the core team, and uh, I don't know where the core team is heading uh, in particular, and the dashboard itself. But um, what got us here was the simplicity of my mom or me back in 2006, or even today, can log into WordPress and publish posts and my ideas and opinions, and it's so simple. Um, I remember that old dashboard, and it was after 2.0. It had maybe five or six options at the top, and it was super simple. And I think that's why we're having this discussion today is because WordPress was so simple, a beautiful, elegant solution, and we kind of, I think that's how software goes, and, and what I've seen at least is that we tend to bloat it as we add more features, and so WordPress is 11 years old, right? So in 11 years, that's a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, features and code and stuff that we've got to this point where this is the timely discussion to be having is why did, uh, you know, there's everybody talks about Medium or Ghost or Tumblr. Um, I think that discussion needs to come back where the philosophy of let's make it simple for the base, broadest, you know, user base 
and then add complexity as you need it. That's what we tried to do with uh, our e-commerce plugin is instead of having all the features, turn them off by default and then only enable them as you need them. I think that's a good principle if I were to uh, have any input into the discussion and, and the work that goes into uh, WordPress in the next year or so is let's get back to simplicity with the dashboard in particular because that's what that's the reason we're here is because all these millions of people have uh, been able to use this beautiful elegant software uh, called WordPress. It's interesting, I don't know if anyone saw the AppSumo promotion last week promoting Velocity Pages, the newest drag and drop plugin builder for WordPress which promises to allow you to never see the WordPress admin again and uh, one of the developers is Mark Jaquith, as we know, one of the core developers of the WordPress uh, software itself. So, you know, the, and a lot of chat here in the chat widget about the fact that there is this huge disconnect between the back end, publishing content, the back end of WordPress and what you see on the front end and that disconnect doesn't exist on platforms like Ghost or Medium or Tumblr or Twitter or Facebook. I mean, you publish, you publish. Where you publish, it looks like what you're going to publish. You hit publish and it looks exactly like what you just drafted, yeah? Um, kind of like an email. That's what people are used to. So, and, and so I, I thought it was very interesting to see Mark Jaquith playing now in this drag-and-drop builder space because even he recognizes as a core developer of WordPress that there is this disconnect between the front end and the back end and it is a problem that needs to be solved. Alex? Yeah, we're talking about um, simplicity as, as a goal, and um, we just spent the previous hour talking about functionality as a goal, <laughs> and the, the two really fly at odds with each other. Uh, you know, if we're trying to add the level of uh, roles and permissions and things like that, then an enterprise... Um, company needs to have to manage their site or thinks at least thinks they need to have and the type of editorial workflows and things like that that's at 180 degrees from you know what we're talking about with trying to simplify the dashboard and, and make it easy um, for people to just get in and publish and get out and I think that that's the the crux of the struggle that WordPress has right now is that um, it's serving such a large segment of the web that there is no one size fits all, and that's why I believe that kind of for, uh, the opportunity for verticals to say, okay, let's make this super simple um, publishing system that can compete directly with Medium. At the same time, let's continue to build a more powerful solution that can speak to the enterprise, and then there has to be degrees of things in between. Uh, Tom's uh, Happy Tables product is a perfect example of this, right? They said, here is a group of people that are best served by this type of product, and they built that product. Uh, yeah, uh, so you, you're absolutely right, Alex. This is a uh, very difficult challenge we're facing, and that's why I've collected some of the greatest minds in the WordPress space to come together onto this think tank to get this conversation going. So, I, uh, you know, is it, for me, I think it, it feels like a user experience or it feels like an interface challenge really where we start with vanilla and then we can add building blocks and Matt keeps talking about the application framework. I mean, I'd, I'd love to know what this, I guess, I'd, you know, I'd love to put a vacuum into Matt's head and see how, what he imagines the dashboard looks like in 12 months time and if it is just a core set of, see the thing about WordPress and I spoke to Tom about this at Pressnomics, the thing about WordPress is when you start building a web application, 
there's some beautiful things that WordPress does out of the box. User management, user registrations, lost password functionality, all that stuff that you don't need to build. If you were going to build this in, you know, PHP or Ruby or, you know, you know, uh, Node.js or whatever, you'd have to build all that stuff from scratch, right? Whereas WordPress has all this beautiful stuff out of the box. So there are definitely merits in using WordPress as an application framework, but it does kind of feel like there's a ways to go before it becomes a true application framework because there is all this stuff built into core that is designed for blogging and designed for content management. And not all applications are going to require those functions. So you're right. I guess it's a matter of stripping out what we don't need, just keeping what we do need, and, and how do we balance that to keep the user base that it's currently got and to keep the market penetration that's currently got. Maybe it's forked into... You know, WordPress is WordPress, and then there's WordPress, the application framework that becomes a slightly, you know, a different stream of of WordPress as we know it. You know, and that's why it's. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry, I was just going to say the the reason why I love the simplicity of keeping it about publishing content is only because we don't know where our content will end up a year from now, five years from now. It's going to be on a refrigerator, scrolling across our TV. People are going to be looking at our content on watches. So maybe the, that access of our content is through the democracy of the coding of WordPress and APIs and the technical side of things, um, but who knows where, uh, where, where our content's getting pushed out to and where people are consuming content in new ways uh, for the future. Um, you know, and that's why, you know, that's why I just like the essence of keeping it uh, as a content publishing platform. There's another way to look at this, you know, and again, I do not have a vacuum into Matt's brain, so that would be kind of gross. Um, but it could be that he's saying, you know what, WordPress is pretty much where it needs to be for this core functionality, and maybe this is his way of announcing that, yes, we're going to still keep modifying the core as necessary, but you're not going to really see this feature innovation because really we're expecting the marketplace that has developed over the last, what is it, you know, seven, eight years to take over. You know, he is the CEO of Automatic too. He's got a big job. So that's pure speculation. But it could be if you if you look at what he actually said. Lisa. So I'm, I'm not a developer, but you know, when you're talking about web application framework, a lot of that stuff, my understanding is, would sit under the hood of WordPress. But, you know, Lisa and Alex and them could say, okay, for my enterprise client, we'll turn on, you know, the code, like, kind of, I'm sorry, for, forgive me in advance, developers, for the example we're going to make, but WordPress multi-site, you have to enable that, you know, in code, where I'm not going to go touch that, for, you know, I, I am a base user. Uh, maybe this much over a user. Uh, so, you know, I mean, when we're talking about web application stuff and all these other things, put that power under the hood as long as it doesn't, you know, make the install size, you know, 500 megabytes or something. But, you know, the simplicity of the dashboard, I think there's, that can still happen. These two things can still happen. And I could be wrong, but I defer to my developer expert friends to uh, tell me where I'm wrong. Lisa? I hope I'm not echoing. I've been trying to stay muted this whole time. Am I echoing? No, or all good. All good. Excellent. So, you know, I think it goes back to the user, um, the person who is actually using WordPress and what they're using it for. 
Um, when I go back to Matt's comment about WordPress and having to add all of these things on, these premium themes, premium plugins, and then security and hosting and all of that to run WordPress, it made me think about um, a review I got on Amazon.com for WordPress for Dummies. So that book is very much geared towards uh, a new user, somebody who is brand new to WordPress, wants to learn it. And I got a one-star review from somebody who said that my book was a bait-and-switch because they weren't told that they would have to buy a domain and buy hosting and make any kind of investment because WordPress is free and free to use, and that's what it said on the cover of the book. So a lot of times it goes back to um, educating people and helping them understand what WordPress is and what it isn't. And out of the box, WordPress is a content management system. You can blog with it, you can create pages, you can create content, um, and you can make it look okay with you know, default themes and free themes you can find in the repo. What it isn't is you're not gonna end up with a, you know, a website like the New York Times out of the box without a little bit of maybe skill of your own, elbow grease, or investment in hiring people that do know how to do those things to make that happen for you. Um, so it's really what the individual, you know, on a use case basis wants to do with WordPress um, as to whether or not those things can be built onto it, added onto it, um, you know, and played around with. So for your your usual blogger, somebody who's going to WordPress.com who just wants to have a blog, um, it's perfect, you know, for other custom solutions. It requires, you know, certain plugins, certain themes, certain custom solutions, certain API calls. So it really goes back to it being a very individual experience. Yeah, that's what I was saying. In, in a sense, saying. it's been this way for a long time already. So it really is hard to decipher what Matt is truly alluding to. It's funny, some of the, um, you, you mentioned, you know, Matt Medeiros was mentioning uh, security and backups and Lisa just touched on it then. One of the reader questions, audience questions we have here is, so this is someone brand new to WordPress, yeah? They've just started using WordPress. One of the first things they notice, <laughs> Corey will be very happy about this, one of the first things they notice is, why doesn't WordPress have a backup solution built into it? Now, I know there's Vault Press, which, you know, you can, and there's, you know, Jetpack, you can add all this stuff on, but their, their first question was, well, I've just installed WordPress, I've just started using it. It strikes me as a little odd that it doesn't have a, a backup solution built into it. Well, historically, that was a host position, wasn't it? I mean, like your web host usually had automated backups that they would run for you, but I think users want more granular control than that. Yeah, I guess it's interesting yeah, that this is what someone's expecting when they first start using, they first start using WordPress out of the box, and within the first ten minutes they go looking for a backup solution. I mean, this is, I mean, and I think you know we're all seasoned veterans. We've been using, we've been using WordPress a long time, so it's difficult for us sometimes to see the forest for the trees. And I actually, I love getting people to use WordPress for the first time and say, like, I was showing WordPress to a client recently, and he looked at the visual editor. He said, "Oh, great! So I can just add images." And he grabbed an image off his desktop and threw it onto the visual editor. And of course, the image just opened in the browser. This is pre 3.9, <laughs> by the way. Image just opened in the browser. He looked at me and said, well, that's broken, isn't it? And I said, no, actually, it's not. That's just how it works. <laughs> of course, 3.9, that problem's been solved. But it's interesting to get the perspective of people who are WordPress virgins, as I call it, when they start using it, and it doesn't quite function the way they would 
hope it would. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's just an interesting, an interesting, interesting perspective. Alex looks like he's bursting with something to say there. Um, yeah, I, I think that part of the challenge here is that WordPress as a product, as an open source product, is competing against hosted services. And so people come in with expectations set from using these hosted services where everything is provided for you, oftentimes for free, um, the whole you are the product being sold thing. Um, it, whereas uh, WordPress does not do that unless you go to WordPress.com. Um, and then you're getting WordPress as a service rather than um, installing it as a product just like any other product you install and maintain on, on your system. Yeah, that was pretty okay. savvy. <laughs> but uh, that, let's... That, that's what I'm saying is that people expect that because of social media, you know, and that's why, you know, we can rail against digital sharecropping all we want, and yet still people will go to Medium, right? You know, Facebook didn't really teach some people the lesson about building on someone else's land. So it's up to us to, you know, provide the hosted solution that it – that is powerful enough. Um, I mean, the, the way we think about it, you know, the hosted solutions out there, you know, you, you have simple, you have powerful, and you have affordable. Choose one, maybe two. Um, <laughs> and, and we're trying to, to balance all three. You know, you have something like Squarespace. Um, it's simple and it's somewhat affordable, but if you're really doing content marketing, no, not at all. Um, on the other hand, you have HubSpot, very powerful, not affordable at all, and in some cases, not even simple. Um, so that's the sweet spot. Um, we're trying to hit it. It's not easy, for sure, but that's that's the holy grail, I think. Okay, let's segue into a couple of uh, audience questions here. Maybe this is one for Tom, uh, and I know Tom's got good answers to this because I asked him on the podcast, and he... Uh, uh, had some uh, great things to say. A question here, with thousands of WordPress designers and developers out there, and, and by the way, I didn't solicit this question. This came in from Pia Larson at Fingerprint Marketing. With thousands of WordPress designers and developers out there, how do you distinguish yourself from the Walmart-type experts? Despite how easy it is to use, it still requires a ton of experience, knowledge, and creativity to build a site from scratch on the platform. The discovery process is the same. So how do you communicate all the value you bring to a project when you're using open source software? Tom. I mean, the, the way you differentiate yourself in any commodity market is go very niche. Um, I think that the, you know, Happy Tables differentiate itself from the theme market by one being hosted, but also going very niche. Um, so find a niche, uh, you know, maybe find a, and, and I think maybe when people hear that, they hear find a niche, they still think too big. Um, you, you, I mean, go very niche, right? Like, um, if you are going to uh, create a new premium theme shop, um, maybe you create a new premium theme shop for um, companies that specialize in dog grooming, right? And you market yourself just to those people. If you're the only voice, in, you know, you've got the whole internet to market to, so that's a huge market even in of, its, of itself. So maybe you could just specialize even in a subset of that market. But if you can then market directly to those people, you're the theme shop that people think of when you know a developer is building a site for a dog grooming salon you're the place they go where you know that that is how you differentiate yourself within that market yeah and it, it's kind of you know it's 
I look at Rainmaker and I kind of think that this is what you guys have done with Rainmaker is that I look at it as niche, not in a vertical as such, but in a user type. You've actually targeted a user type that could be in any particular industry, but a user type who wants to solve a specific problem and achieve a specific outcome. And so Rainmaker for me is, is a platform built on WordPress that is targeted at a specific user type, not, not, not a vertical, so to speak. I think that's fair to say. Um, again, we, we did experiment with going um, very heavily vertical um, with, uh, in the real estate market. Um, but what we found is that that's really a function only of education. You know, if you're performing what we're teaching and what is content marketing best practices, those are very similar things. Now, um, so that's why we kind of have our carved out our own little space as far as we know who these people are because they are us, right? We actually, we don't buy Super Bowl ads and we don't have an outbound sales team for our inbound platform. Um, you know, we, we built the entire company bootstrapped with content marketing. So in that sense, we know who we're talking to because it, it's, it's us. Um, now, the gamble there is, are there enough of those people and is that segment of user type growing? And that's what we'll find out. Uh, quick question for Alex King. Um, will, will, um, will WordPress, and you might not be able to answer this, but you might have some insight. Will WordPress need to forego backward compatibility at some point? Um. I don't think we can say that until we see some of the decisions that are made in the future. Um, I think that um, I think it's pretty remarkable what has been done so far to ensure backwards compatibility and yet still move the platform forward. And uh, the folks that are doing those gymnastics are just getting better at it. So. Um, <laughs> Probably at some point, some things will need to break, but um, it's uh, it's certainly going to be a, a very long conversation before something like that would happen, in my opinion. I was I was talking to um, Gary Pendergrast, who's uh, who works for Automatic recently here at a Melbourne meetup, and he he said, yeah, I just doesn't think it's going to happen because. Uh, there are so many users tied into uh, legacy functions and features that. Um, and this is a conversation I think we even had last time on the on Think Tank number one is, you know, do you, do you think backward compatibility is holding WordPress back? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that's what's holding it back. Okay. <laughs> Brian? Me either. <laughs> I agree 100%. 100%. So what is holding it back, Alex? <laughs> I think that, uh, Lisa, can you mute? Sorry. Uh, I think that, the, the, you know, it's the, it's the same thing I've been talking about for, for most of the uh, discussion here is that uh, one product can't serve all the different people that are trying to use WordPress for the needs that they have and that um, we need to figure out ways to better serve these different verticals of people. And, uh, you know, content marketing is one vertical, right? It, uh, and then 
um, people that are wanting to publish medium style articles, that's another vertical. People that want to have video sites, that's another vertical. People that want to have small e-commerce sites is another vertical. People that want to use it um, as an app platform. I personally think that WordPress is not a good general purpose app platform, but if it's um, sort of a content publishing or, or logging platform, I, I think it can be very good for that. Um, all of these th people have very different needs, and it, it it doesn't make sense to think that one out-of-the-box platform is going to serve all of them. All right, hey guys, we're uh, we're about 15 minutes away from end of show time. So what I thought I might do is just spend the next 15 minutes and uh, just give everyone an opportunity to tell us uh, briefly what you're excited about uh, over the next three months that's happening in your business and in the WordPress space. What is it that has got your your heart beating a little bit faster than normal? Uh, I've just thrown this at you in the wild, so I'll give you a moment to think about it. Matt is contemplating as we speak. <laughs> so maybe I'll start off. I'm very excited because I'm coming to Chicago in a couple of weeks to speak at WordCamp Chicago. I can, are you going, Matt, by the way? No, not this year. Right. I, uh, is anyone else going to WordCamp Chicago? Lisa, I know you are because you're coming along to our masterclass on Monday to, uh, to be interviewed. Uh, Alex, are you going to Chicago at all? No, my next WordCamp is uh, Orange County. Okay. Well, I'm very much looking forward to coming to WordCamp Chicago in a couple of weeks to speak on Saturday. I'm up against Nason. Holy crap, I better make it good because, uh, you know, he's a big hitter, I've heard, and he's going to be very popular. So uh, that's what I'm excited about in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, Miriam Schwab from Illuminaia, what are you excited about uh, in the next few weeks? In the next few weeks? Well, we just actually had WordCamp Israel on, I think it was Tuesday. <laughs> um, so... I'm still recovering from that. Uh, it was actually our best one. So if I can say over the next few weeks, I'm excited about how that turned out. We got our largest turnout ever, um, over 300 people. We had it a really cool space in Tel Aviv. We had a speaker from WooThemes come, Joel Bronkowski, and he was <sighs> fabulous. He was such a hit. So that was really fun. I'm still kind of on a high from that. Um, and, and over the next few weeks, I'm looking forward to recovering and getting back into normal life. <laughs> Awesome. Joel is a great guy. He's going to be at Chicago giving a lightning talk as well, so I'm looking forward to hanging out with him again. Matt cool Medeiros, what are you... Really, people love them. He's great. Matt Medeiros, what are you excited about, my friend? Uh, well, you know me. It's uh, exciting to be in the WordPress space and talking to other people launching WordPress businesses, so I'm always excited to see uh, the amount of unique ideas that, uh, that you and I probably see a lot of behind the scenes, people coming up with new products and services, and that's always cool. Um, and I'm excited to see more people looking to get into starting a business, uh, be it a developer, or designer, or service business. Uh, it's great to see that, again, WordPress being bigger than the software, enabling people to literally change their lives and, and, and you know, have a, have a, a, a good, healthy lifestyle, uh, good income, um, and be able to, to, to build whatever it is that they're looking to build. So I'm excited for that stuff. Are you are you mainly are you doing is, does client services still kind of get your heart racing or you, or do you kind of get more excited about the podcast? Does it keep the lights on? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> the client services stuff is uh, is what keeps the lights on. Uh, it is great because it is something that I, I started the business with my father, uh, which is uh, always a, a fun ride, and um, it's great to see how he, even he. Uh, you know, being over 50 years old is using WordPress and how he's actually selling it to clients and how it 
has changed his life to be able to teach other people a technology, as like basic as that sounds. It's amazing to see, uh, again, the simplicity of WordPress, him being able to adapt to it and then teach other people um, is pretty good. Um, but, you know, we like building solutions for, for clients. Uh, it's what keeps the lights on. Um, but the podcasting uh, and sort of the themes and the product stuff that we're, that we're doing is, is slowly coming uh, from the, from the uh, sidelines. Cool, awesome, Lisa Sabin Wilson. You're, besides, uh, besides hanging out with me in WordCamp Chicago in a couple of weeks, what are you excited about? Well, Chicago, I'm extremely excited about. Um, shortly after that is WordCamp Milwaukee, which is my own hometown, so I'm always very excited about that as well. Um, real excited about some of the custom projects that we're doing at Web Dev Studios. I just really love what I'm doing there, um, and also excited about the work we're doing at AppPressor. Um, we've been out for about six months now, and we're starting to see some really interesting apps that people are putting out using AppPressor and WordPress. Um, WPR Chair is, if people follow the WordCamp um, with David down in Miami, uh, WPR Chair put together an app that you can download on iOS and Android to uh, kind of have a social network surrounding the WordCamp that you're at. So I think Miami and New York and I think Philly is now joining the WPM Chair app, so that's a lot of fun. Very cool. I'm just checking out the uh, WP Armchair site right now, and that looks like a great idea. Uh, I'm going to have to make sure I get onto that. Corey Miller, iThemes, what uh, has got your, apart from chasing your 16-month-old 16, around the house, what has got your heart pumping a little bit faster these days? Yeah, so uh, with the business, it's, um, you know, really three things. So iThemes Security, one of the most popular plugins in WordPress, downloaded 2.3 main uh, times and growing. Um, we're, we just released two-factor authentication uh, for that. And um, the second would be iThemes Exchange comes, uh, turns one year old in July and we're continuing to iterate on that to make e-commerce simple and easy to use. Um, and then the third would be Sync where you can um, update all your sites remotely via one dashboard. We've got an iOS app coming after that uh, here pretty shortly. Um, personally, we're building a house, and I think the next, uh, so hopefully I'll be in the house here in two months, uh, but the first travel I think I have down on the books would be WordCamp Dallas or DFW. That's kind of our ho hometown WordCamp that we went to, and it's been kind of on hi hiatus for a couple of years, so I'm hearing rumors that's coming back in September, and I'm excited about that. Awesome. So is Sync similar to Manage WP and WP Remote? Is it in that kind of space? Yep, absolutely. Uh, so Manage WP uh, and then Remote, you know, being able to update sites uh, remotely and then install plugins um, from one dashboard, that'll be coming next week too. So. Nice. I yeah, like it, I like it a lot. Yeah, two good players awesome. in, the, in the space. Awesome. Brian Clark, what has, uh, I don't know how you managed to do everything you do, my friend. You must have an enormous brain with the amount of stuff that's going on at Coffee Blogger. How do you keep up? You've just come off the Authority Conference. I know people here in Australia who are still recovering from the Authority Conference, uh, and they weren't even putting the whole thing together. So uh, what's got you excited at the moment in your business? Yeah, I'm pretty happy lately. I don't know what to do about it. It's not my uh, <laughs> normal MO, and you know, i got to be disgruntled about something to keep going. Um, 
But no, uh, you know, it, it, we've entered a new phase of the company in, in which we've got obviously the DIY side that, that got us here. Uh, Studio Press continues to beat its uh, best quarter ever every quarter, which is amazing. We're always waiting for that to not happen, um, but it's that's a good thing. Uh, Synthesis, our managed WordPress hosting, has been growing exponentially for about 18 months, um, which is exciting because we really went into hosting to make sure we got it down cold for Rainmaker, which is, you mentioned it several times, is our new um, kind of hosted all-in-one solution. So this is the first time we've ever soft launched something so softly that it's never even appeared on Copyblogger ever. Um, but we still got our first thousand users and uh, we're basically uh, serving them while taking their feedback and iterating on the fly uh, throughout the summer. Um, and then I think in the fall we'll, we'll basically open up wide to the public. But uh, it, it's a great time, so I can't complain. Awesome. Are you going to uh, WordCamp Chicago by any chance? No, I'm staying home with the wife and kids all summer. Um, I had a pretty extensive spring of speaking and traveling, so uh, I, I'm, I'm grounded right now. <laughs> Good on you. Awesome. I'm hoping to catch up with Brian Gardner while I'm in town as well. Alex King, what, is, uh, what are you uh, excited about over the next few weeks in uh, Crowd Favorite? Well, I mentioned uh, WordCamp Orange County, which is uh, put on uh, in part by... Uh, um, uh, Brandon Dove and Jeff Zen, who are now part of the Crowd Favorite family, and so uh, there's going to be a group of us coming down. We'll, it'll be great to get some time to hang out with them in person. Um, and we're also hiring and growing the team, so we've been focused a bit on that. And uh, obviously, the, those are sort of the uh, the foundational pieces that allow us to do everything else. So uh, important to focus on that stuff. And I believe Kareem is going to WordCamp Chicago. We've been emailing each other. We're going to try and hook up and have a coffee while we're there, and hopefully I'll be able to pick his brain and learn some stuff from him as well. That's correct. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, I just want to put a big thank you out to all of you guys. I know that you're all very busy and have very busy schedules, and I'm humbled and honoured that you all chose to come and spend some time with me on WP Think Tank and to have this conversation. I hope you found it valuable and enjoyable. I know our audience have... Uh, for those of you who are watching, uh, subscribe to get updated about the next Think Tank. We will never send you anything uh, except stuff related to Think Tank. Uh, subscribe at WPThinkTank.com so that you don't miss the next one. We're going to try and roll these out once a quarter. So the next one, I think, is in August and then one in November. Um, and feel free to give us any feedback on how you'd like to see this uh, this, this format work. Uh, and also, please um, feel free to tweet our guests and thank them. Thank the panellists for being on here and giving up their time. Miriam, I think it must be close to 2 a.m. in Jerusalem where you are right now. I'm amazed you haven't fallen asleep at the computer. Uh, Thank you again. Uh, check everything out at wpthinktank.com. Uh, You'll be able to see a replay of this. It's uh, Google Hangout Live on air, so it is recorded by YouTube. We'll post the recording up uh, on the site. And everyone on the call, I wish you all the best for the future, and I look forward to hanging out all again with you soon on another Think Tank panel discussion. Uh, but for now, happy pressing of words. Well, I hope you enjoyed that epic production of WP Think Tank number two as much as I did. I love this long format. Uh, tell us what you think in the comments under the video. Of course, this episode, this very, very special episode of the WP Elevation podcast 
was brought to you by Optin Monster. You can check out everything you need to know about this amazing lead capture plugin and how to use it to sell more services to your clients and drive more revenue into your business at wpelevation.com slash optinmonster. No affiliate links, and again, we don't get paid to recommend it. We just recommend it because we know it works, and it's an opportunity to add some more revenue to your business. We hope that helps and adds some value. Please subscribe to the wpelevation.com podcast to make sure you never miss an episode, including future WP think tanks. Uh, wpelevation.com slash subscribe. And if you do subscribe, you'll get a, a free content creation webinar. You'll get access to a free content creation webinar that will show you how to start creating more content in your business so that you can position yourself as a trusted expert or a trusted specialist and start attracting more clients. Uh, everything you need to know about this episode will be at wpelevation.com slash wpthinktank2. That's W-P-T-H-I-N-K-T-A-N-K and then the number two, wpthinktank2. All the show notes and everything you need to know about this episode will be there. Leave some comments under this video and let us know what you think of the WP Think Tank format. Uh, and next week on the uh, podcast, we are going to have Timbo Reed from Small Business Big Marketing. He's a fellow Melbourneian. He travels the world speaking at small business conferences and he helps small businesses become irresistible by teaching them how to become a helpful business. There is lots to learn in this interview. Timbo's a great guy very successful and had some very practical ideas on how you can become a helpful business to your clients, position yourself to start attracting more clients and attracting more revenue into your business. So stick around for that next week. But until then, go Elevate.